That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. I was <laughs> looking at our Instagram inbox and obviously our listeners uh, send us the funniest stuff. But I had to have a moment. You did not share this with me, Andrea. You opened this message and then I had to go find it where Uh-oh. this listener was like, I was watching the life hack show and I immediately recognized it was Brooke. And she's like, yeah. I would recognize that voice anywhere. And I was laughing so hard. And I wrote back and I was like, yeah, the good old days when I thought I quit the service industry because I had a TV <laughs> job. And then I wrote back and I mean, because that's been gone for like two years at this point. So is the money. And then I had to go back to waiting tables. And now those jobs are gone, too. Gone, gone. <laughs> I think I... Uh, I also uh, told that listener to go and just uh, and and, uh, and for any listener out there, this little bit of information, this pre tip, if you will, um, to go and just type in like wine lady or like drinking wine on your gifts. And the first thing will pop up is Brooke drinking a giant that's fishbowl full of wine. It's it's really Mm -hmm. my proudest claim to fame of ever being on TV. Like this gif is the biggest gift. It's the biggest gift that keeps on giving. It's the gift that keeps on giving. It's yeah, it was really fun. But I was laughing. She's like, you were on TV. She's like, I recognize your voice from the podcast. And I'm like, that's what I want. (laughs) That's what I want in this world. (laughs) Don't look at my face. Don't look at it. Welcome to Sidework Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. Hi, guys. I'm your other host, Andrea Wallace. I had really great energy this morning because I was excited to get up and record with you because it's just a fantastic feeling and we're so excited that we're I love recording days for sure it's so good and I started singing a little song called Wednesdays are the best days cause they give my week a point otherwise it's an amorphous blob I don't know what time it is that's why Wednesdays are the best days I mean I vote keep working on that and then when the when the recording studios are fully back open you're gonna find yourself in a session you know I'm t- I am working on that part of my persona. I'm getting more and more audio equipment. Watch out. If, I'm going to be if, like... If anybody out there has a baby face connection, Brooke's looking for a producer <laughs> on an album. I am. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, Yeah, it's it feels good to uh, be debuting on the last podcast network. I know. It's so fun. Uh, I, I, I really feel like we're at home, you know? 
I with, do with too. this with this amazing family of weirdos uh, that is the last podcast network. Yep. And I'm glad that their weird recognized our weird. And yeah, now for sure. we're all weird together. Um, but <laughs> we just want to say thank you for anyone who's maybe giving our podcast a chance right now. You may have tuned in uh, because you yourself served beverage and food for a living and for tips. Or maybe you were a counter worker and you are possibly not working at the moment. Well, we are here for you. That's what this podcast has been about for the past year and a half. We just speak your language. We talk your talk. And right now we're trying to help you all make sense of what uh, we're going to do until the service industry returns. And I think we should uh, also take this time to say thank you to all of our continued listeners that we've had for the past year and a half. Some of you since the Day early one. days at this point. Episode um, one, baby. That your support keeps us going uh, and, and laughing. And and it's just so happy to be able to uh, relate to so many other people out there, Brooke. It's great. We want to get... I mean, I don't... I mean, I know there are... But we got to come up with a name for our gang. I mean, it's like the server fam... Um, server heads hey should we just call everyone like hey you ding dongs um, <laughs> Co- our co-workers yeah should we just right? call them our co-workers let's just call let's call y'all staff should we call yeah, our I listeners? was thinking staff, staff? Would be good. the staff mm-hmm. I dig it I dig it um, so Andrew <laughs> Wallace had 15 years in the service industry yeah yeah just yeah that's right fuck I mean technically I'm still in the service industry I just I just uh I do a different side of it now but still very much in a service industry as a lifer yep and you've been furloughed as well mm-hmm. good times we hope you're back in like a month fingers yeah. crossed fourth of July baby yeah for me <laughs> that's a big question mark you know I barely got a restaurant job going before the uh, pandemic hit and I'm not on the top of anyone's list of favorite employees so I don't know what I'm <laughs> let, we gotta make this podcast work is what I'm saying oh, I know <laughs> yes Andrew should, should we jump into some headlines oh yeah let's jump into some headlines Brooke perfect alright so first headline uh this one uh, I I like just because like we've been talking so much specifically with coronavirus, like shutting down bars and restaurants, um, and everybody being able to do curbside delivery. Um, finally, and uh, this is like a headline within a headline. Uh, Chicago hoping, hoping you can finally do curbside cocktails. Um, it would change so much for the bars, like sending good vibes your way. But nobody's talking about buffet restaurants brooke oh no well, right because they're just quietly disappearing into the night oh my god self-serve buffets all you can eat salad bars like that's all that shit's all hands-on like there were already sneeze guards in place you know what i'm saying like so i do not know where the future lives for all of this like self-serve dining To me, it seems like I don't think we can do it. Well, and here's the famous dispute between you and me, a real peek into how our personalities are different. I don't care. I think salad bars and self-serve stations are gross. Goodbye. I mean, I'm going to say it. I love a fucking salad bar. I know you do. Is that going to make me like mad enough and sad enough to like be defiant enough to like drive to another state that has a soup plantation open because I want my salad bar? No fucking way. Um, But, you know... The CNN article is saying there's no evidence to support the transmission of the virus from food or food packaging is is an actual thing. But the FDA FDA said it recommended discontinuing self-service buffets and salad bars until the measures are lifted. Well, 
Well, okay. Get back out there. Because let's be honest, you know, I, I was already pretty snotty about, I don't, like, I'm like, I don't, I don't think um, peas and salad dressing and pudding should ever co-mingle on a plate. You know, <laughs> I, I know you're more you're more of a flavor cruiser than I am, Andrea. No, I get it, Brooke. You've just been waiting for the fucking day to shut these down. I I've, get it. You're just like that. I couldn't even like care. Let them shut down and never open again. I mean, but but when you think about it, like it's tough. They are showing, you know, more signs that sure that the the COVID nineteen that it doesn't have a really good lifespan on food. Great. Still, I have a problem with the way people are at salad bars. A period. COVID nineteen oh, no. or not. Completely. You know, when I see like across, like when there's peas in the bacon or there's cheese in the sour cream, those are things that I'm just like, oh, keep it neat, keep it tidy. But, you know, I think that um, a lot of places like this, you know, it's for families who can get a bunch at once for a low cost. You know, when it comes to places like Vegas, I mean, buffets are huge in Vegas. I get it. That's going to have to be completely rethought. I get it. Who's I'm sorry. Who's taking their whole family to Vegas? Is that a thing? No, no, no. I just meant more. Well, I've gone to Vegas with my whole family before. I mean, more like, you know, like your your old country buffet where you can get everybody can eat and load up and eat whatever they want for a low price, you know, and I'm not crapping on that. You know, it's just, oh, God. Like, Well, I, I might crap on a little bit about, like, being a server at a place like this where right. it's a buffet and you technically serve yourself and then you get stiffed over and over and over again, which is a real thing. Like, that's where I have problems with buffets. You know what? And maybe I am crapping on it because people probably do crap on their hand and then go fishing around for some for some jello to put next to their <laughs> next to put their three bean salad you know it's so oh, i fucking love a three bean salad oh, lie. <laughs> you are the most midwestern of the two of us oh man i just want to mix all the salad bar things together I, know. I was just talking the other day about how i like to mix salad dressings too when i go to i know salad i miss salad bars um i would mix like ranch and french and vinegar plus sunflower seeds no raisins because i'm not a fucking monster okay thank you but look we with all the restaurants and all into the entire industry which are one yes there are subcategories but we hope the best for all of you, obviously. Sure, we do. I, I mean, because the one upper crust salad bar sort of self-serve place that I I don't know why people are still monsters, but the Whole Foods hot bar and the salad oh, yeah. bar, that is a place where I was like, everyone's surely going to behave because it costs oh, so no, much. Oh, no, that shit's shut down. It is. No, oh, yeah, it's all gone. And I'll tell you what, my former local Whole Foods, RIP, I'm never going back to. That one was messy. I tell you what that's the place where someone shoved a bear dick in my face uh outside the doors of whole foods and then another time while i was at the salad bar uh i just saw the the soup the soup sipper just this person Mm, and i tried i tried to police him but he took the smallest cup and just kept dipping it to sample the soups and putting it up to his mouth and i stood there and i was just like listen if there's a time and a place to be a hysterical white lady, I think it's right now. Um, I was like, hey, are you enjoying that soup? Because that's not how it works, pal. Yeah, you cross-contaminate it. (laughs) Or then you've got the rich, clueless people who I saw this lady, she was like in her equestrian gear, like her riding chaps and her polo 
thing and, and then like dirty gloves that I'm like, do you use these while you're at the barn and like petting your horse? <laughs> right. And she was fondling all of the vegetables with her. Yeah, that's gloves. a lot. I mean, this is also this is grocery store buffet behavior, which is much separate. So, these grocery stores are doing just dang fine. But, you know, if, if I can't get me into like my own soft serve machine. It's it's a dis- it's a bit of a disappointment for many people. Okay, I will anyway. I will side with you there. But for now, you know, forget <laughs> it. No, that's why a lot of places bulk food is illegal in states because people can't behave. My God, they get elbow deep into a barrel of barley. Oh, I'm starving. Next headline. This is great, Brooke. This one makes my heart this sing. Is, <laughs> this is from The Guardian. Okay, the CDC warns of aggressive cannibal rats facing shortage of garbage to eat. Okay? Now, if you guys, if you're first-time listeners, just know there's a lot of rat talk on this show, so we couldn't be more pleased with this headline. Yeah, well, this this is could be, this is a headline that, that can also be filed under rat chat. Oh, real rat chat. So the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention has warned of unusual or aggressive behavior in American rats as a consequence of more than two months of human lockdown for city-dwelling rodents who now find themselves unable to dine out on restaurant waste, street garbage, and other food sources. And basically, what are they doing, Brooke? Eating their fucking... Yeah, they're eating they're eating, eating their young and they're eating each other. So in, infanticide, 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 yeah, which I didn't, I which I don't, you know, I think I've maybe seen that word a handful of times in my whole life, and I was like, oh yeah, infanticide. That's when you eat your goddamn babies, um, which I think that's I always thought is more of a hamster situation than a rat, um, and then cannibalism, you know, and they've even been videotaped basically uh, in New Orleans, like some guy turned a corner and there's 30 rats on the corner feasting on like one thing in the middle of the street is what's happening um and they're also seeking out new sources these rats so guess where they're guess whose garbage they're coming for brooke us in the suburbs oh yeah that would be right but that's Um, why i live in the suburbs so i don't have to deal with rats yes i mean we're talking to these rats in the big cities and anywhere urban like they they rely on their nightly food that's being pitched into the into the dumpsters they're relying on restaurant and hotel and barways donut shops is what they're saying so they're coming for your food in your home oh my god the restaurants aren't supplying the rats anymore yeah that's i mean really it was its own sort of barter and trade ecosystem in new york city i lived there for a decade watching rats run around is just like it's a normal pastime it's like other people play that dots game on their phone i'm like i watch rats run around on the train tracks right dragging pizza crust i think this is like a a, another uh good example is you you shouldn't be eating out in public right now anyway but can you imagine just like going out into into a nice park in new york or chicago and having a picnic it's socially distanced picnic and then you see basically what what looks like a human being coming toward you but it's really a pile of rats that's shaped like a man walking towards you to eat all your food and maybe you and maybe you i mean cannibal does mean eating your own kind uh it's not it's not said that they've turned to eating you know human flesh yet although if you were a dead body they'd eat you give me a break your cat dog i mean my my dog licks me all day i must taste good yeah my dog he's in it for the sodium my sweaty (laughs) arms and legs he loves my salty sweat uh I, I, I i think right now we're missing an opportunity to unionize and get the rats of New York City together. And if you are the person who goes down onto those train tracks into the tunnels 
with a bag of Doritos and breadcrumbs <laughs> and you get them together, you soon will be Ratmaster. And you pied pipe it. Pied pipe right? that shit. Pie pipe. I want to pied pipe all these rats right to the White House. <laughs> but I, a pie pipe. Pie pipe. You need oh, a pipe of pie. Got it. I think is the modern equivalent, especially if you're leaving a trail of food. Wouldn't you say? I okay. Yep, you're absolutely correct. But like, let's not miss opportunities to basically organize rat power, um, and and get them to do our bidding. Swarm the White House with rats. Swarm the White House. No offense, Brooke, but I'm pretty sure it's full of rats already. Hey. <laughs> if only they would eat their young, huh? Oh, ah, I bet that Jared Kushner is a little chewy and bland. <laughs> Those were awesome headlines. Let's move on to some uh, COVID content, shall we? Oh, COVID content. Mm-hmm. What did I? I made it sound yummy. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's not. Okay, so we've been asking our listeners to submit stories, if they have them, how they're getting through uh, COVID right now. If they've gone back to work, we want to hear from you. We don't have any personal accounts this week, but our listeners have been submitting some pretty fun stories uh, from the likes of reputable journalistic sites like Bored Panda. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> journalism. <laughs> Anyways, lots of fun headlines. My mom likes to send me things from Bored Panda all the time. But uh, so what we've gotten are our listeners have sent us. <laughs> Sorry, I just see your mom being like, "Would you look at that board panda? Would you, you look oh, at that board panda?" Brooke, I want to share this with you. Look at this board panda. Also, here's uh, panda. another. Here's another link to funny dogs doing funny things. You know. Anyways. <laughs> I love my mom. I love her. Uh, so what we are seeing a real trend in, which we've been covering, is once some of these restaurants are opened up, they've been trying to employ whimsical, fun, sort of ingenious ways to make social distancing feel lighthearted, right? So last week we talked about um, the place in Ocean City, Maryland on the boardwalk, which, by the way, was the subject of a many a news article for people right. not, with, not with the, old, the old bumper social. tables, the old the old yes. bumper. Yeah. But their idea was inflatable bumper tables that you crawl inside of and then just slam into people at a at a very um, at a, you know, a safe six foot distance. So now moving forward, uh, I feel like Germany's just going a little wild. Uh, they have introduced like straw fedoras where someone has fastened pool noodles um, onto the top of the straw fedoras and we all know pool noodles are like a good you know long probably a a solid five foot long wobbly piece of foam and so yeah they're also like great for craft crafting FYI well they are they really are they're so fun you know you can put one on the wall of your garage inside if that's um where you possibly ever hit your your car door on it you put a pool noodle on the wall and it'll have a little bumper anyway but so people are wearing fedoras with pool noodles stapled to them to keep distance from one another uh you've also seen in germany um burger kings have now introduced giant socially distanced crowns where each (laughs) crown that a person wears has a three-foot circumference 
And another idea that kind of flopped, this was in Italy, is this is so silly. Please, I can't even get into this. Is uh, in Italy, they're like, whoa, making Whoppers, the socially distanced Whopper that has three times the onions on it. <laughs> Which means you'll have bad breath and people will stay away. Oh, boy. That's, that's, Maybe they should add a bunch of garlic so you can socially distance vampires from yourself. <laughs> Honestly, well. it's like people, how dumb are we that we can't gauge distance? You know, I mean, there are dumb people and and that's where pool noodle hats, you know, these knobs need to wear them. But people are employing giant stuffed animals to sit at a table. These, you know, of course, why not? Let's make everyone that feel always freaks me out because there's always like the um, like the you got you got punked like you know shows where it's like there's an actual human inside giant teddy bears and they'll just like turn and like look at you. I don't like that at all. I, <laughs> I don't, don't want that. I don't, I don't want that anywhere near me. Just tape it off with that crime scene tape. That would make me yeah, more comfortable. Just like put dots. What about fucking dots on the ground? I know. Yes. Yeah, so. I don't need a hat. I don't need. You know what? I don't need kitsch, man. I don't need to wear a fucking hat. And like I get it I get people are just like We're fun Come in and distance yourself And have a good time But it is It is hard I think To Be a business And try and get people To come in Yes And be safe at the same time So I totally get it I love how ridiculous it is Because we have so much To talk about Because of it Yeah I don't know You keep the hat You know what I mean Keep the hat Burger King Keep the hat So We'll keep you guys updated On more Ridiculous hat wear For social distancing That (laughs) restaurants We'll be coming at you With a live fashion show About COVID restaurant wear As the hits roll in You'll be the first to know I mean I was just gonna Like for me I'm gonna tape a garden rake to each arm and that's how I'm just going to go about in the world with them out and I'm going to spin around a lot and if you're too close to me you're going to get raked let's move into some server submitted Submitted stories. stories all right guys well uh server submitted stories I guess we should lay it down I think they're pretty self-explanatory. Uh, do you have a terrible, embarrassing, heartwarming, amazing, uh, worst day on the job, best day on the job story that you want to share with us? Send it our way. Yeah, you can just email us, sideworkpod at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at sideworkpodcast and uh, drop that in a DM and we'll read it on air. Yeah. So we were gifted... Uh, several weeks ago with a server who went back and gathered all of her bartender buddies to recall multiple tales of debauchery from what is now known as the unnamed 4am Chicago bar and she she really laid it out like chapters of a book where each chapter oh, beautiful. is a weird creature who hung around her 4am bar so uh, Andrea how about you tell us the tale of Irvin oh my god I will so the 4am Chicago bar tells Chapter Irvin. Irvin chapter. <laughs> there was Irvin. Sounds like Irvin. Great. Saying it correctly. I have no idea how Irvin made a living, but he had at least three credit cards on him at all time, and he'd give one to each bartender. <laughs> I got the impression that Irvin had learned from previous fights that he was a jackass, and this was a way of covering himself. He gave us all the cards, so we'd each have a tab with him, and he wouldn't leave without paying. Um, this was not our request. That's just how Irvin said it to roll. 
All right. <laughs> this next line, Irvin was not a impressive to look at. <laughs> Man, that's a slam. Irvin was not impressive to look at. He was skinny and short and had a jawline like I wouldn't write home about. I didn't. Are you writing home about jawlines? I know. Like, what is that? Even? I mean, I don't know what that means. I mean, but I talk about Mitch McConnell. My brain jawline. is going to all these different scenarios, yeah. like a zigzag. All right. <laughs> Somehow. I think it was the money. Irvin always had a group of girls with him. At some point, Irvin would say something rude as fuck, usually to one of the girls, and an awkward silence would follow. We'd get we'd give Irvin the look like Jesus, man, again, and then Irving would sigh and twirl his finger in the air. Another round, he would. Irvin would say, "Another round for everyone with an earshot." That was Irvin's self-subscribed penance for being a douchebag. Urban, like most people in the bar after 2 a.m., was math impaired. But unlike most customers, he was aware of this. <laughs> He'd ask us how much he should tip. At first, we were nice, and we tell him what 20% was. But one night, though, my dead soul inside said, 100 bucks. You should tip me $100 for being a pain in my ass. I didn't smile. I just deadpanned him. Irving left a $100 tip on the tab. <laughs> Yeah, Nicole. He had on me and on each tap he had with the other two bartenders as well. Damn. Fuck. That night and most nights after, Irvin left us whatever tip we suggested. I think altogether, Irving paid the bartenders collectively more than he actually spent at the bar. Wow. I mean, where where were those people during my years? I mean, this bar, you know, for those of you who have been like pinging, listening to our past episodes, it's a saga. This is a goddamn soap opera, you know, I, like where as as the 4 a.m. bar turns or, ah, that's you know, so good. Yeah. All my, all my all my customers at a 4 a.m. bar. I don't know what we want to call this soap, but good Lord. I mean, because it's like, yeah, we've already heard about High Five Brad, who's amazing. We heard about Keith the Barback, who drinks all the bottoms of people's leftover oh alcoholic God. beverages. Like a troll. Like a fucking bar troll. <laughs> so gross. And then last week, Nicole wrote us part one about her sister, who she had gotten a job at this 4 a.m. bar, and her sister's just not cut from the same cloth as her. She's a sensitive, delicate flower, and every shift would have to go hide in the DJ booth and cry and not come out to her Until shift. Until she did, like, a, a shot and got comforted. Yeah. Aww. Poor baby. So, Nicole, she, in another email, she's like, oh my god, I forgot this. And so this, this story is titled, My Sister Continued. So now we know this. Okay, delicate flower, little sister has gotten a job at the bar and everyone's coaching her to be a hard ass, right? Okay, so now she's getting the hang of it. Okay, so she says, I forgot the most important part of my sister's story. We spent all summer teaching her how to be tough and it ended in a small dumpster fire. Mid to late August that year, this girl strolled right in the back door, walked behind the bar and helped herself to a beer. The third bartender was smoking, so my sister was alone up there. My sister does exactly what we taught her, you know, be like, excuse me, who the fuck are you and why are you behind my bar helping yourself to a beer? I heard her saying this and jumped out from behind the back bar to see what was going on. She's yelling this and she's aggressively walking the girl out from behind the bar. That's when I saw who had gone behind the bar and realized this was about to blow up. 
<laughs> we failed to fill my sister in on a couple of historical bar family members. You know, you know what I mean when I say bar family, the small crew who becomes your adopted family from, you know, all working together at some point. Well, the girl behind the wall, well, the girl behind the bar had worked with all of us, but hadn't been introduced to the new kid, my sister, <laughs> yet. I wanted to laugh, but also, oh, shit. Neither one knew who the other was, but everyone else knew who both of them were. Here's why. <laughs> this is so great. We all know that situation when you're like, I'm doing my job. I told someone to get the fuck out from behind a bar and steal, you know, and steal a beer. And then everyone's like, ooh, you didn't learn this rule. Oh, God, I relate to this so much okay so she goes on here's why this is bad the girl behind the bar let's call her sarah is one of the meanest drunks i've ever encountered <laughs> she no longer worked at the bar but she'd come in hammered around 3 a.m randomly because no one wants to get in a fight with drunk sarah we would let her do her thing her routine is to help herself to a beer and then walk over to the dj booth to ditch her purse without making eye contact with the banshee i start her a tab for whatever she grabbed sarah likes to dance on the bar start fights with other boys girlfriends and whoa. drive home oh, yeah. whoa stopping her is harder than dealing with her oh Good Lord. Side note, don't drive drunk. And if your friends let you, then realize you're that big of an asshole. Yeah. So she goes on. As my sister is walking back from behind the bar, Sarah gets in her face and goes, I live here. Who the fuck are you? The, the security guys are all standing around now just watching. It's like watching a couple of bears afraid of a small yapping puppy. I had to drag Sarah out of the bar and try and get her to cool off while the other bartenders explained to my sister who Sarah was and why everyone turned a blind eye to her debauchery. My sister quit soon after. Fun side note, Sarah never stopped dri driving drunk and eventually drove her car into a suburb library in the middle of the night wow. and somehow got away with it. Good lord. No one was hurt. I like to imagine it's because she was so mean she made the cops cry. Jeez. Hashtag white girl privilege. Yeah, right. Truly. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Man, the more we read these, like, I'm so, I'm so impressed with the detail of character on all these stories, first of all. And, like, the attention to detail. And just, like, how, <laughs> how everybody is treated, like, their own specific way like that's fucking crazy to me that and that is the nature of this job which is what oh well, how about i yeah uh that's around 32 ish minutes okay well and that's the nature of this job which we're going to really get into today because some people can't hack it a lot like mm -hmm. nicole's sister she could yeah. not hack the job yeah i mean yeah absolutely she lasted like a summer and i i think you know <laughs> We do this podcast because it is hard work. And now and now that COVID has like taken down so many jobs because restaurants are shut down, you know, I think we're realizing more now than ever how it takes a very specific person to do the job. A very specific person. And so the ones who are lucky enough to still have jobs to go to, suddenly they are, after being just ragged on and everyone's saying, like, anyone can do this job, this is easy, you know, you're nothing, you have no skills, uh, suddenly servers are essential workers. You oh, know? yeah. So yeah. It's, it's been crazy to just see and expect how we're going to go back to this job in normal times and take anyone's shit after this. We're basically war heroes right now. 
and you are deputizing us to behave as such. But we, uh, yeah, we just um, thought it'd be so fun to have our first episode today uh, be about people who can't hack the job. But um, before we get into that, we just want to say, if you have stories that are coming to mind, your brain's tingling and popping off, again, like we said, please send them to sideworkpod at gmail.com. Keep them coming. We love them all and we will read them. Can't wait. Okay, so we're so excited for today's topic, which is uh, this is harder than it looks. Okay. Yeah, yeah this is uh, specifically for... <laughs> For some people out there who may who maybe tried and failed at, at being a server or a bartender, or for all of those, uh, we salute you. Those of you who couldn't hack it, you know, we're gonna we're gonna give you your due because this isn't an easy job. It isn't, and so it was really fun to uh, brainstorm and look for someone who's like, oh yeah, yeah, I waited, but uh, boy, oh boy, I sucked at it, and I'm willing to tell you about what a failure I was. Yeah, yeah, and, and we did that, uh, and, and here's the interview for you to enjoy. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, please welcome this week's guest to Sidework Podcast. We're so thrilled to have him. Uh, he's an actor. He's a producer. You've seen him on Reno 911. He's a great podcast host for Homophilia, Troubled Waters, and he's also uh, the editor-at-large for LA Esquire magazine. Uh, Dave Holmes, everybody. Yes. Hi. Let's How are you? Here at Good. Work. Good. And also, Good. you, I mean, I'm not going to lie. That is the most work Andrea has ever put into anyone's intro. So congrats. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. That's great. It, yeah, That's great. usually it's like we, they hang around like, you know, my, they, we hang around with them sometimes it's and like, we like them. So welcome on, welcome on the show. Hey, uh, yeah. everybody. Welcome to the show. My uh, friend who I met smoking cigs by the dumpster. Welcome, yeah. everybody. <laughs> We have lots of dumpsters. Well, that pals. is how we met. So yeah, I mean, it, it kind of is. We met. We met at like a very in like a backyard party. It was nice. Yep. Yeah. There was some, when such um, things were possible. What was the oh peanut butter bourbon? That's our that's our origin story. Oh, that that's also right. also sounds like your safe word. What is going on? <laughs> yeah. Somebody brought. Was it you who brought peanut butter? You bourbon? brought. I thought you brought it. I didn't bring it. Did we bring peanut butter bourbon? Can I please be explained what what the hell are you talking about peanut butter bourbon? Well, it was a it was a kind of bourbon that it was either made with or tastes like peanut butter or both. Yeah. Um and it yeah, that actually does ring a bell. Maybe it was us who brought it. It was a bit of Jesus. an initiation like once you got to the party and you sat down like Dave and Ben Dave's husband were like, "Here, have you have you tried this peanut butter bourbon?" And now now That's we'll be friends right. we forever. We bought it somewhere. <laughs> I don't remember where. Sounds like a Trader um, Joe's snack. <laughs> I mean, in the world of you know flavored bourbon that is huge now, mm-hmm. uh, hugely disappointing. Also, I will say that's one of it. It wasn't it wasn't terrible, but on the I liked it. Yeah, um, I, I, it would be like a nice like Christmassy bourbon. I feel like right, you know? right, yeah, a nice chilled weather bourbon. I I'm, were you drinking neat on the rocks? Uh, it was neat. I think it was just kind of like pour a little. Neat. It was like an airplane bottle, and it was just like pour a little into your gullet and <laughs> see how it <laughs> right. see how it treats your body. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It seems. Yeah. Like maybe we got it as like um, like in a gift bag or something. I don't. Yeah. I, we I came like by it, it in like, a strange way. I feel like it was the kind of thing where it's like an airplane bottle, so you're checking out getting the booze you already want going to a party and it was just right there and you were just that like, could be it mm-hmm. that could be it 
Yeah, that could be it. Mm-hmm. That's that 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 would be mine. That's how like where they have like the that's little fireballs and the shitty flavored. That's the gift like, bag of the mm-hmm. liquor store. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you're like, and yeah. you're just like, this is would this would be hilarious. Like, I think yeah. it was that kind of purchase. And it wasn't bad, <laughs> if I recall correctly. It was not bad. Yeah, if I could, if I could go back in time and have that day again, I would drink much more peanut butter bourbon. No big deal. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I would just hug more people. Hug and touch more people. <laughs> yes, with consent. that too. Hug me. So, Dave, you know we are uh, a podcast about the service industry, and you and I have talked briefly um, about your your time as a server. You know, and we thought mm-hmm. today with the episode that we would um, really like form our episode around you know you and and folks oh. like you who basically um, aren't cut out for this shit. You know, yeah, you're uh, yeah. you're one of those that couldn't hack it. Sorry, yeah, could not immediately could not hack it. Yeah, immediately yeah. could not hack it. You know, and yeah. I, and we're gonna talk about stuff that we've covered in the past, but always good to reiterate. But let let's please just first start with your story on this. My story. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you. Um, I the year was 1994. <laughs> ah, um, Kurt I had just graduated just college. <laughs> Kurt Cobain had just passed mm-hmm. at the end of my senior year of college. Um, by the way, college a terrible place to be when a Kurt Cobain dies. I was in high school, also terrible. Just saying. Oh, I bet that was even worse. Mm-hmm. I bet that was even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I so I moved to New York like the day after college graduation. I started a job that Monday uh, in advertising. I had an entry level advertising job, which I also wasn't very good at. <laughs> and um, and I immediately like within six weeks realized that the the money that I was making at my entry-level advertising job, while it sounded like a lot of money to a 23-year-old, um, was not nearly enough to survive in New York City. Living on my own in a, in a studio apartment, um, wanting to, you know, go out and be social and, you know, and, and do all the things that I was accustomed to doing. So, um, I, it immediately became clear that I was going to have to supplement my income in some way. And I didn't want to have to like ask my parents, which a lot of people have to do when they are starting out in New York. And I was like, I'm going to be resourceful here. Um, but I didn't really have any skills. <laughs> so um, I lived on the Upper East Side, 88th and 2nd, right above the lanes. Um, so I would often... Like go and sit on my fire escape and watch fancy people walk into Elaine's nice. um, for entertainment, and uh, and on the uh, on the corner of 88th and Second, um, there was there's a, a restaurant space that has, you know, I since that time has been a new thing every couple of years, um, but it was it was in the process of of changing to a place called the Yorkville Inn, which uh, was going to be a um, like a German restaurant. And so I thought, well, that's perfect. I'll wait tables. I can do that. Um, or I'll bartend or something. Like, I don't know how to mix a drink, but I'll, I'll figure it out. And uh, so so I went and um, and I sat down with the owner um, and I and I interviewed and I I um, I lied a lot about mm-hmm. my experience waiting tables, um, which I until I sat down with the owner really didn't realize I was going to need to have. Um, I just didn't think it through at all. Um, but then it was like, you know, she was like, where have you worked before? And I was like, oh, oh, gosh, uh, Grig, Grigsby's and um, <laughs> you know, Aviatrix and uh, 
the little the the kettle of clams or whatever, just like <laughs> fully making shit up. Um, I've that, been to all those places I, and they're delicious. And the service they're is really so. good. They're good. They're very good. So, um, but because I'm like you know the one thing that I know how to do well is talking, I got the job. So um, and then I trained and and just pretended to know what the hell was going on during training, um, learned the menu, et cetera, et cetera. It was a lot of schnitzel, a lot of, uh, a lot of that kind of thing. And, uh, and then I was off and running. And, and I was, I learned, I mean, I already knew this about myself, but I learned very quickly um, that I am not the world's most detail-oriented human being. <laughs> Um, and you really need to be yeah. like it's you notice it. It's all specifics. It's all very specific specifics. And when your waitron is not uh, is not detail oriented, you really do notice it. And uh, so I was, you know, I was constantly forgetting elements of, of dishes and, you know, putting salt like not putting salt and pepper on the table and, you know, letting people's water glasses go dry um, you know, I mean, it, it did supplement my income, you know, and the, it was nice to have cash in my pocket and all that kind of thing. And again, I, you know, because I was not good at, at waiting tables and I knew that I got even better at running my mouth and like, you know, entertaining the table full of old women and all that kind of thing. Like that part of my job, I excelled at, but the actual, you know, collecting of orders and bringing correct items to the table. And that only got you so far, I imagine. And being being charming only gets you so far, right? It only gets you so far. Farther, it doesn't get you tossed out uh, as quickly as you otherwise might, but um, but yeah, no, it's, it's you gotta, you, go, you have to also have skills, which I didn't. Yeah, like, when you're not detail-oriented, you really do have to become a liar and get very skilled at just lying mm-hmm. through your teeth to tables while smiling yes. and, and yeah. seeming, it's insane. You become such a sociopath when you wait tables. You're like, you like yeah. throw the kitchen under the bus, like every, every third table, you know? See, <laughs> I would not do that. I, okay. I came clean always, always, always. I figured uh, that very, was always a humble, terrible server. Yes. Yeah. Like, sorry, not great at this. Um, and you know, so yeah, I mean, I figured honesty was the best policy in that, in that particular regard. Cause also it endears you to people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so did you leave Um, on your own or were you asked to leave? Well, I was, I was about to be asked to leave and I definitely sensed that coming. (laughs) Um, so, so I, I left of my own accord. Uh, did, did, did they do the soft fire, which was just remove you from the schedule? Uh, yeah, I was getting fewer and fewer hours and um, and it was, you know, you, you reach a certain point um, in, of incompetence where it's just like this is no longer this is an open secret now that I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So, um, so, you know, let's let's all end this and retain our dignity. So I um, yeah, I I was like, you know, work has got me a lot busier these days, so I don't know if I'm going to have, you know, the time to come back. And it was kind of like a mutual, you know, like, it was oh, like a, um, oh, that's like horrible, a seventh Dave. grade breakup. Pardon? <laughs> I just, everyone, everyone being like, oh, Dave, really? No. Yeah. 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 Are yeah, you yeah. Not busy? Yeah. Oh, man. And you're just being like, yeah, I yeah. know. I know. Right. right? I know. It- yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, but then that was it. But then the thing was, I continued to live above the place. So like walking back from the subway, I still had to pass all of my former co-workers and all that kind of thing. And, and, and I am glad that I left on good enough terms that it was never weird. Totally. You know, Absolutely. I will say, I will say this. I'm now remembering this as we talk about mm. it. The, um, the owner's mother was on, was on site a lot and she, she had a, a lifetime in the world of restaurants and she watched me one evening and, uh, and then after a rush, as things were kind of starting to settle down, she waved me over and she said, Dave, you're not very smart, are you? <laughs> and and I just never been asked that question directly before. You know what I mean? And and it was I it, it was almost like there was no there was no malice in it. It was just like here's the thing I've noticed about you: your brain doesn't work. Um, how can how can we how can we work around the fact that you don't know what you're doing, or you do and you're just not doing it? Like I, um, I also like to picture that she's looking at you, and there are just small fires everywhere around the restaurant. Literal, in, in actual, little fires. Literal, everywhere. actual fires. <laughs> Thank you for saying that because I did set a uh, a customer's menu on fire. That. I sat down at a, a table that was on. I want to say a first date, and I handed them their enormous paper nap uh, uh, menus over an open flame. And uh, and the corner of the uh, of the lady's uh, menu caught fire, and I said, "You know, ma'am, I'm gonna um, let me, give me that. I'm gonna get you a new menu." That's you not know, on fire. I, I really see, and I really wish there would have been some sort of like crash course montage with like the owner's mother to set to like a Nirvana, to like a Lithium, to a Come yes, As You Are. Sure. You know, just sure. like you setting a menu on fire and just you turning to her and giving a oh shucks, did I do that? And her yeah. saying, "No, nope, your brain." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but then, you know, the understanding in a montage is that there is growth. Yes. And, you know, if 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 we're really following the story, no. if, if we're telling the truth of the story. If this were the made-for-TV version, no. like, that could be it, you know, if we want to right, keep everything right. uplifted. But unfortunately, no. Yeah, no. Um, no, I just wasn't very good at it. Can we pause for a minute to talk about, like, how unnerving the jobs you have are where someone's mom like the mom who doesn't even work there she's just like i know a lot of stuff is just yeah. always hovering and basically yeah. being a narc it's it's you're being so it's like you know you usually have the insane restaurant manager who they're usually uh -huh. not your friend so you got to deal with that and then just a retired mom just mom yeah her. just hanging yeah Ugh. being like a mom like as cruel as any mom, but also not yours. So she doesn't even have to pretend to be nice. Right. There's just no, yeah. Also, no Awful. offense to them, but Yorkville doesn't make me think of German food. I don't no, know. No, it doesn't at all. It doesn't at all. <laughs> no. Although, I guess Yorkville was a historically German-American. It was where a lot of Germans settled on the right. Upper East Side. So That's apparently, you know, if you, if you really know your, your Manhattan right. history. And I'm sure, like, was there like a I little didn't. blurb on the menu that you had to learn about that? Or did you know that, is that what you know that because you work there? I think I know that to be true other, otherwise. You know, well, and, you know, I, I don't know. and it was also like, it, it helped you give the origin story of why your work uniform was lederhosen, you know? So. <laughs> right, right. Thank I God actually, that I actually was worked at a German restaurant for a minute called Das Rheinland was the name wow. of the German restaurant I worked at. And for Oktoberfest, we did wear, uh, I wore a drundle and with a big bodice with my boobies sticking out all weekend. But wow. it was like, 
It was a lot of schnitzels, a lot of different gravies, a lot of zeigwiner schnitzels and spätzels, and mm-hmm. I mean, it was delicious. But it was it was it's a strange menu to navigate as well. Not to mention a strange like customer base that'll come in specifically for German food. In exactly. my opinion, you know, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's never. I I don't know myself ever to be like you know what I I'm in a I'm in a schnitzel mood right now. Let's yeah, go. Let's go for get that. Sure. Um, I mean, but all of this is really like, you know, like this story is great. And it's really segueing specifically into why some people just can't like can't cut the mustard on this job. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. the stone ground German mustard, if you will. (laughs) Yes. Um, The the kind of hot, spicy mustard you dip your Kaiserkrona into. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yum, yum, yum. So why is it so hard, you know? And I think we should start with uh, one of the tops is like the physical aspect of the job. So mm-hmm. it's like here, let's like think about this running scenario. It's like, have you ever had to like run to another part of a building in the restaurant, sometimes upstairs, downstairs to like change a keg or lift? And mind you, I looked this up. The soda bladders that hook onto the CO2 lines, they weigh 53 pounds 53. Each. Christ. So have you and you know, do you guys remember like the soda stations would be like on a rack and you'd have to like lift it into place and secure it on there? I never had to do that, I don't think. Oh God. Well yeah, I mean I'm very familiar with that. Just these huge cardboard boxes and then if you couldn't rip the corner off like properly and perfectly like the bag would droop out the side. But you literally had to like lift these things over your head to like get them into place. So it's like if you're not capable of that running around all night. You know, mm-hmm. literally not you don't stop moving for like upwards of like six hours. Like you can't do the job. Well, you and, know? Right. and let's right. and Dave, let's like nod to because I waited tables in New York for almost a decade. And let's talk about the special hell that is not like an upstairs or a basement. But in New York, you go out onto the street, open the grate in the sidewalk and then go down the cellar steps of death. Sure. It's, sure. Yeah. And then you watch people. I've fallen into one before. Only partially. Only a leg went down. You know? And, ooh, baby. That's so yeah, scary. That's real scary. That's real scary. I mean, people probably have broken several bones. Like, there's oh, someone, absolutely. Someone just fell down, you know. I think every time you feel like an itch on the back of your ear, someone just fell down a flight of New York stairs and broke a bone. Is no. that is that a saying? Yes. Shattered <laughs> a, a hip. Yeah, because that, that it's steep and precarious and sharp and hard. It, and but also um, also just it, greasy. Just years of New also York. Always, always, always greasy. That's always true. greasy. Got to get those Payless shoes to really like. Yeah. Get that tre- that hot tread action. Yep. So next on the list will be like the emotional side of things. So like say Absolutely. when you have to change a keg or you have to change this like soda machine, you have customers that are wondering where the hell their beverage is. Like right. you know, and like can you actually handle? what their reaction might be about what they're not getting in their opinion of a proper amount of time, you know? And at the same time, you're getting barked at by the owner's mom. Exactly. Exactly. Also, if you're me, you have a, a terrible, unquenchable desire to be liked. So like, and, and some people won't. So like some people show up in a bad mood and they, you know, they've had a a rough day and they're going to take it out on the waiter. Mm Mm-hmm. Already, doesn't matter how, doesn't matter if you're the best waiter of all time. There, somebody's going to catch it, and it's going to be you because you're a stranger, and and then they're done with you at the end of the meal. That's the way that goes. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, some people show up in a perfectly good mood and they have a terrible waiter who is me. And then, <laughs> and so then they're, you know, you start having a great relationship with them. And then because of your pure incompetence, the relationship goes south very quickly. Um, and then, or, you know, or it's going fine and then you just make a dumb mistake yep. and you feel like a jerk. <laughs> feel like and such a shit Yeah, heel. I couldn't. I couldn't handle it. And then and then honestly, then I I mean, I don't know if everybody does this, but I certainly then spiral out of control. So like then then I'm, you know, I'm so much of my brain of my limited brain capacity is going to this table that's mad at me that I thought we were friends. And then it's, you know, and then I'm fucked for the rest of the night because I can't like you know, a chunk of my brain is is caught up with like how I'm going to repair this relationship with this person. I don't know. Absolutely. I mean, that leads us to our next, you know, topic, which is the mind. Right. So like, right. while can you multitask while you have nope. to do all these things while you're like, OK, I have to I have three separate orders running in my head. I have just dropped apps at this table, but like I need to get to go boxes to this one. And then it's like a table's fucking birthday at the same time. Yes. Right. Obviously, that is you just said out loud like that. You can't handle that. Your brain right. cannot do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can't do it. Now, recently, um, because I'm like I'm, I'm trying to get a, a second book going and I'm having just an awful, awful, awful time getting the proposal done. Um, uh, a couple months ago, I, I was like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Like I've, I've felt like I probably have attention issues that need to be addressed and I'm going to go and I'm going to like, um, I'm going to talk to an actual like psychologist who specializes in these things and get the tests and all that kind of thing. So I went, I went to this, uh, this, uh, forensic psychologist in Encino, um, and took this, it took, it, it was some like 12 hours altogether over the course of a, a couple two, three weeks of, uh, of testing and like, and then I sat down and went over the report with her and she was like, you have the most attention deficit disorder I've, <laughs> I've ever seen. <laughs> like it's, you have, you are, you have it real bad, like real, real bad. And then you're like, I'm so, sorry, well, I'm sorry, I wasn't paying attention. What did you yeah, say? Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no, there was a, there were birds. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's now, now it is clinically proven that I'm not super great at, you know, details and, and, you know, anything that requires sustained attention. It is, a, so. it is a really interesting thing, like, when you're able to, like, go back in your own memory and, like, put together the puzzle pieces of, like, oh, and like you said, you're like, oh, yeah, like, oh, I, I was like this the whole time. And now I, I now it makes so much more sense of who I am and what I do. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's um, a gift. A lot of people walk around their whole life and don't realize shit's wrong you know yeah and that it's and, and that it's honest, okay you, yeah and doing what i do right now it's actually not the worst thing in the world to have a little add because i always i'm working on five things at a time and and so like you know right now i've got like three pieces for esquire that are due and it's it the way that i work is i hop around to all three of them i can't like just put my head down and write one thing for eight hours a day like i'm kind of jumping all around and that works for me kind of you know Dave, so, that wall behind you looks like the definition of add <laughs> looks doesn't it looks, <laughs> looks like some mind mapping happening behind you get out your red mm -hmm. yarn mm -hmm. <laughs> i mean but you know yep. what you're saying yep. right now about like hopping from project to project it's like i feel like you could wait tables again because like each table is a different project in a way 
you would think it's details that's it's what details. it's Got details it. baby that's where i that's where you lose me i mean again your, your talk is very good let's you know you <laughs> like that's Thanks. what that's yeah. what makes me believe in you but you know maybe there's a comedy and tragedy in all of this too you know in that at the end of the day like you know if we're like really going back to like everything going on in your head like you're changing that keg you're like changing that soda machine just when you think you've caught up to everything like literally like a keg blows up in your face and you're just you're just you're just drenched in beer Uh you know what i mean like and this is this kind of stuff right all these things we talked about are are happening in thousands of restaurants across the country across the world on any given day this shit happens every day and people keep doing the job but some people like i said can't Well, again, I'm, I'm telling you, I feel like the service industry should just all be renamed Little Fires Everywhere. We're just going to go ahead and everywhere. take that away from Hulu because uh-huh. it's so it right. So Andrew's talking about the emotional and the physical um, and just the toll of the job where it, it's just it isn't for everybody. You really have to learn how to just which is hard. You have to care about details but not care about a million other things so that you can just soldier through and we've always talked about over the course of this podcast is you have to just inhabit what we call like chicken brain you know where Mm -hmm. you're just like you know job 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 just do this like don't stop to even like pee to think your own personal thought to take a breath you know to take a sip of water you just chicken brain your way through it and then when it's over there's this huge come down because you just switched out of that mode of being and the day's or the overall inability to be that person means you're either going to have a bad day at the job that specific day if you can't shift into it or uh-huh. you just can't do the job. You're going to be fired or you're going to quit because you have a panic attack every day at work. Right. Right. And so it's like right. it, it cracks me up when people are like, whatever, anyone could do that job. And you're like, have at, no, bro. No, I mean, no, you absolutely there, cannot. There's a big spectrum of articles where serving waiting tables, bartending is on a lot of tops for best jobs. And it's in a lot, a lot of bottoms as well. It's also it's a lot of like worse jobs as well. So it's really interesting. Just a point of view, like and who. Who can do it and who can't, you know? But people who say, ah, I could do this. This is a piece of cake are also some of the same dipships that are like, I would never stoop so low as to wait tables or serve drinks. And those people can just get fucked, like, pretty much. And they're not listening to this podcast anyway, I hope. So fuck them. Fuck them. No, no, no. This would not appeal to those folks. No, it wouldn't uh, because they don't like to be proven wrong, especially when we're talking. You know, I mean, I specifically can speak to... Like, I think I am a good server. I have been a good server. I excel because um, multitasking makes my brain really happy. Multitasking makes my brain really happy and doesn't let me go down the anxiety slippery slope, which is like when I don't have something to focus on, the bad feelings come up, you know? And so staying busy physically, interacting with people, because I'm a stand-up comedian, and then working with food. Like, I shine in this area like it is me being a jack of all trades which you know in other areas of life that saying like jack of all trades master of none like in the restaurant industry you are the master of that job when you are jack of all trades and it's the best feeling yeah no you'll never have it but But I, i will say you know and then just 
obviously you learned and, from waiting tables and being in that position. And I know that you and Ben, like you guys love your local neighborhood haunts. Like you definitely love your wait staff and you appreciate sure and do. support them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it changed. I, I, not that I don't, I don't think I was ever a dick to, to a waiter before. It's not really my style, but like I, I, I have made a point ever since to be especially nice because it is unbelievably grueling and hard and it is a skill. You know, even if the person is not like having their best night, they still they still can oh, do yeah. it and I can't do it. And, you know, and, and it's just better to be I nice. Mean, the best restaurants in the world with like the sharpest, most pristine weight staff, they still go down in flames. Like there's shit right. always there are fires being put out like Brooke said, little fires everywhere. And, you know, I get if you're if you're good at it, your customers will be none the wiser. But, you know, I think I think it's right. just like it is so hard because there there are problems happening and it's all just swirling together. And somehow everybody just manages it to, like, keep it, keep it down enough that they have a good night. <laughs> well, right. And right. Can, can I, yeah. you know, and I'm going to go on record here and defend you a little bit too, Dave. You know, I feel like we're just like, <laughs> you couldn't hack it, nerd, you know. Um, <laughs> I but, you know, and I don't know the flow of service per se at your restaurant because, you know, you didn't stay in it for like 15 years like I did where I had the opportunity no. to start to notice, oh, I was just working at a terrible terribly managed restaurant where they didn't do anything that engaged one bit of common sense and so I've walked away from some jobs where I felt so shameful and bad and you walk away and you're like oh my god it's them it wasn't me I'm sure yeah and I I mean I have I have two jobs without a doubt one was like a messed up um it was uh, in Greenwich Village, this little tiny tapas cafe called Las Ramblas. I don't know if you've ever been mm-hmm. there. And everything about their system was like three steps too many to make any sense before. It, it's like, can I just take the order, put the order in, pick up the food and put it on the table? Why? Why does this have to be so hard? And I, I also remember I was the only um, non-Spanish speaking one. My Spanish is like, OK. And they really harped. Mm-hmm. I think they were making fun of me and fucking with me that when I brought tapas to the, to the table, they were like, you really need to over pronunciate and have a lot of drama and flair when you lay down the dish and say, here you go. Here's your El Bondi. Guys. And I and I oh, think they were wow, but that is fun to do with me. So I was already <laughs> feeling shy and going like guys. And then you ended up having that like Spanish like lisp and you that. spit all over the food over and over and over again. Yeah. Chicharron. Um oh. you know, and then another place where I, I just was like, I had to quit. I could not hack that job because again, it was a fancy elevated steakhouse I was still pretty new and not very versed with like because forget it start to throw in like $500 bottles of wine and food culture and I hadn't had enough exposure Mm -hmm. to it yet and I mean I just shut down the minute something cost more than what I my own family would have ever eaten growing up I I just like shrunk like a flower I was like I do not want to go take a $500 bottle of wine to this table this is too much for me they're gonna throw me in jail Rich yeah. people scare me. Like, so I <laughs> I realized really quickly that super high end 
with the kind of people who are like, I'm a senator. <laughs> you know, like I'm like, I can't yeah. wait on them. I just can't do it. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. And, you know, you mentioning that reminds me uh, one thing I 100 percent did not know how to do. Uh, when I took this job was open a bottle of wine. Right? <laughs> I literally, it was not a thing I had ever done up until that point. I came straight out of college where I drank keg beer for five years. And uh, and yeah, I the first time somebody ordered a bottle of wine, I was like, I don't, I, I'm going to have to do this like in private and then bring it to them because it's going to take a minute and it's going to look weird or I'm going to have to hand it off to somebody else because because that was not the kind of thing I could ask my manager or any of my coworkers. You know what I mean? No, I think you- I finally did trust somebody enough to say like, listen, I I do not belong here and I don't know how to open a bottle of wine. Can you just teach me very quickly? And I learned. But for the first couple of weeks, I was like, I was like a college student trying to open a bottle. Yeah, I mean, we've all been there. Uh, The the amount of corks I broke in the beginning is so embarrassing. You know, I there was one time uh, I cut my hand open badly on a wine key and then had to like put it behind my back. That was that was like a baller move, though. My hand dripping blood as I'm like doing a tasting table side, you know. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't. Qu- That's hot. Dave, I also love to picture too where you're like, I think now is a good time to tell you I don't know how to open a bottle of wine. Also, mm-hmm. I can't read. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> or anything else. It's, yeah. uh, I just feel like uh, it's caught up yeah. uh, to me a little too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, the jig is up. Mm-hmm. Um, I need yeah, help. I I think it'd be fun that you like you like fake that you've already opened it, but then you kind of like fake like you're opening it for the first time in front of the table. I think that's a good way to go. And you just go, whoa, yeah, this one, this one, this cork was ready to come out of the bottle. Theatricality. (laughs) Um, Did you ever? Yeah, no. Did you ever spill uh, drinks on people? You know what? No, I never did that. Luckily, no. I have. I. I, Thank God. I. I spilled uh, ten margaritas on one man one time. So, yeah. That's incredible. He was so nice about it. That's incredible. That's impressive. Yeah. I was. That's impressive. I did knock a full glass of red wine over my seatmate on a plane a couple years ago. Like, just full, like, just head to toe. It was like the end of Carrie. She was just fully drenched in red wine. And it was like at the beginning of the flight. And then we had to sit next to each other for like four more hours. Oh, God. And she was like, by the end of this, I'm going to figure out how to kill this man with my mind for sure. I I think you should have just just kept sitting there the whole time and being like, woo, have enough to drink, lady? Jeez. (laughs) A little ripe over there. What happened? Afraid of flying? Uh oh. Dave, any other any other fun stories anything that like has uh come to your mind like that you you'd like to share with us um i did uh fail to show up for brunch once whoops yep because uh again i was like 23 and i decided to stay out until five in the morning the night before and then i was like well i'm just not gonna go to work (laughs) they'll be fine (laughs) That Sunday was Marathon Sunday. <gasps> wow. Where uh, places are super duper slammed. So uh, I got in a lot of trouble for that. That was that was fired. kind of the beginning of the end. Right. Not immediately fired, no, because I was still kind of on the schedule. But that that was that was the beginning of the end. Yeah. yeah. It happens. Um, you know, I, I, I It shouldn't I, happen. Yeah. 
but you're young, you know, and I think that's really like you're a lot young, of it. That's yeah, when people start doing this job is when they're young and dumb. You know, we've talked about it time and time again. And again, some of us just I, the fact that you can like recognize it and you don't keep doing it, because honestly, there are a lot of people out there who continue to be shitty servers and keep getting hired at different places and they just like burn. Yeah. I mean, I've had friends who are just like they've worked at 50 restaurants in like two years because they're terrible at uh-huh. it, but they keep doing it. Yeah. That's when you yeah. kind of have to have like an intervention, be like, y- you can't bring things to people for money anymore. Okay. Yeah. Y- you yeah. just can't. Food related. Yeah. Drink related. <laughs> I do. I do wonder whether, um, whether I would have gotten better. Because like I, I, you know, you this have. again was like a two month time in my life and um, and it was only because there was kind of there was like a shortfall like my I wasn't making enough money to, to pay my rent. So um, and I, I figured out other ways to make up that shortfall because I figured out very quickly that I couldn't wait tables and it was agony. Um, but I, I wonder whether if I didn't have another choice. I would have I would have improved. I guess I would have. You would have. I mean, you it becomes a controlled chaos, you know, right. after a while. Like you you figure out how to deal with the pain, you know, and right. suffer through it for sure. That's like right. all we talk about on the show. <laughs> right. You know, right. in many ways is that it's terrible, but it's so great at the same time. Um, sure. But one thing that we really do talk about and we have is that we believe fully that everybody should have to wait tables. And the fact that you went and Un- did that yes. for two months has shaped you as a better human, in our opinion. I think so. I think so. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, you know, I, you do learn so much about what the job entails and it, it leads you toward treating your server with more respect, which is great. Um, and it's, you know, I don't, it's, it's a good exercise. It's a good exercise. I, I do think, yeah, if I'd stuck with it a bit longer... If I had, if I had had the wherewithal to say, all right, it is obvious to everyone here that I don't know what I'm doing, but I could stand a couple shifts a week. Um, can you help me? Um, what are some areas in which I can do better? Rather than expending so much energy trying to look like I knew what I was doing. Oh God, I smell I a montage coming on. You guys, do you smell this well, montage brewing? Okay, maybe, maybe, <laughs> it's in the air. maybe I could have gotten better. You know, but and you know. Dave, I was going to say other restaurant workers, they're notoriously not the nicest. They're not the, let me take you under my wing, kid. I mean, everyone's kind of in it for themselves. So I think you probably were doing the right thing, just like trying to fake it till you make it. Yeah. And eventually you are doing it. You're not faking it anymore. And I I feel like it would have been right coming out of the montage that we're talking about when Dave just really gets his wings and takes flight with a tray in his hand yeah 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 (laughs) never happened we'll never know you know but uh um i I will say this it is it has provided my parents with jokes for days um they think it's hilarious how shit a waiter i was like my parents went to my restaurant once when they were in town and i and i was Exact. I was at the best of my abilities that night because it was my parents, and I still wasn't very good. And now it's like my mom's favorite story in the world about like how bad I was. And it's like, okay, okay, guys, I get it. like, yes, I get it. I'm I, I'm with you on this one. I sucked at it, but like, c- c- this is hurtful now. 
That's it's so been funny. 26 years. Well, I think your parents also like they they put they, they keep you in a little like teenager, like early college year box always, no matter what. And sure. you were maybe like not doing your best. So you're already mm-hmm. there. So yeah, it's just shit on right. shit at that point. It's yeah. just shit on shit at that point. It's tough. It's tough. It's just I think it's a nonstop game of being humiliated until the service industry breaks you down, you know? Right. Kind kind right. of like it's a lot like Batman Begins sort of situation where, you know, Bruce Wayne is like climbing up that mountain and he's getting his ass kicked by. I mean, I'm not great with all the fan fiction stuff, but he's like swarmed yeah. with bats. <laughs> swarmed Never with saw bats. It, so the, this is okay. all. Anyway, Bat, Batman. Um, yeah. But I but, you know, a lot of people that we have on this show, Dave, who have very seasoned track records and gone on. They get gone on to do years and years in the service industry have very similar origin story as you. So just yeah. know that, you know? Okay. Like, we all no, got to start good. somewhere. And some of us, good. some of us may give it, some of us don't, but. Yeah. And you know what? In this economy, we don't know what the fuck is waiting for us around the corner. So right. I could that be back. Very, it's very true. Yeah. <laughs> that's I could very, be very true. Oh, well, you know, I feel like that was good. You guys feel good about that? Sure. <laughs> I feel, I mean, no, you but like, yes. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, at least you know, at least you got the test results back before you did this interview. Is all True. I'm going to say. So True. you already know that it wasn't, it True. wasn't, it was you, but it like wasn't you. It's just who you yeah. are. It's just who um, I am. But yeah, I mean, again, it's not for everybody. But I think what we really just want to say is that like the next time you're out there or see anybody who's who's who thinks that they can do your job or anybody can do your job, just know that that's not true, you guys. No, it's not true. It's Only not true. and it takes you. a very specific, hard working, awesome individual to be able to hack it in the service industry. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. If I, like I want to build on what you just said, it's not for everyone, but it's also not something that just anyone can do. So, mm-hmm. mic drop. Here's a tip: ask for help. Ask for help. Um, I you might be ashamed of the level. You, you may be ashamed at how basic the help you might need is, but it's uh, it's a better use of your energy than stressing out and trying to know things you don't know. You can always pull somebody aside and ask a very basic question, like, uh, how do you open a wine bottle? I love it. I mean, and typically, and I will say, then just my experience, the minute you ask for help, like like, like a door like like opens in front of you. And everything, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, I just mean that like, I was like, hey, have you, if I can't find my keys, I say, hey, Brian, have you seen my keys? And then like, I literally will like turn around and the keys will be in front of me. And it's just, yeah. in my opinion, the universe You've being like, it just into the universe. Be humble yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No. Don't. Mm-hmm. Be humble. Nothing be wrong humble. with being humble. Sit down. <laughs> what can I get you to drink? Yes. Sit down. Be humble. Um, Dave, down, thanks so much humble. for uh, for being our guest this week. My we pleasure. Hope, we hope, yeah. We hope you're keeping safe and happy. Sure and, am. Thank you. And uh, same to you. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was a great interview. Uh, I feel like I'm very accomplished now. I mean, I, I understand it's a hard job, but... Uh, yeah, I feel like I feel so much more accomplished and like I'm even like more in the club now, you know, having been able to like be be what I I, I thought I was an awesome server for, for forever. 
I did too. And I got to be honest, um, it felt a little bad uh, ragging on Dave because he's so respected and accomplished in a bunch of different areas. But he was amazing. I don't think we ragged. He was I like, did a you're bit. right. I, like, I was yeah. Fun. I was having fun with it because it's like, oh my God, his life is so much better than mine. So I, I should take him <laughs> down while I've got the chance. Oh my God. Well, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Uh, again, if you want to submit a server submitted story, we would love to hear from you. And also, guys, please do us a favor if you enjoyed this. Uh, we grow by word of mouth, uh, servers and bartenders telling their other service-oriented friends. And the biggest favor you can do for all LPN shows in general is subscribe, rate, review, do all the things. Follow us on Instagram at Sidework Podcast. We do Twitter as well at Sidework Podcast. We're just not on it that much. We'll fix that. Yeah. Um, but anyways, thank you so much if you took the time to listen today. We're just so grateful to have joined LPN and we love you and we want to hear from you if you just started listening. All right, Andrea, you know what we say at the end of every show. Uh, yeah. Godspeed and good health. Talk to you guys soon.